when I got into the project of creating a podcast, there were a lot of things that I thought of that I wanted to do and wanted to get out of it and wanted the listener and the guests that I brought on to get out of it. But one thing that I overlooked was the luxury of actually being given free samples, like this one here from uh, my guest today, Amy Beyer of Salty Provisions by Wonderlust Sea Salt. And we just met a few weeks ago and had a great conversation. We have a few really interesting connections along our uh, career paths. And really at the moment, my biggest connection is this delicious salt. This is coffee salt. And uh, it's good enough to just snack on. I never thought that I would say, boy, salt, I could just put it on a plate and snack on. It's that good. And I want to welcome Amy to mark my words and thank her for taking time out of her day. Amy, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thank you. My husband eats it straight all the time. So you will not be the only person on the planet that wants to snack on that flavor. Yeah, my wife and I, even, you know, you also sent us the double onion roasted garlic, which is also just as good. Anytime you hear something with onion and garlic, it's like, well, it's very good for seasoning, maybe not for snacking, but that's actually good just a snack on. That's so, our most popular flavor. The coffee and the, and the uh, double onion are our most popular flavors. Wow. Well, I can see why. And I can't wait to get into all the things that you're doing with yourself today because just looking at your site is right in front of me. And I'm like, this is a beautiful site and it's a beautiful product. And really amazing what you're doing and the road that you've traveled and when georgia mckinney who i had on this show a few months ago gave me your email address and i looked into uh your website and everything i was like man this is really exciting you know to have somebody who has been you know working for themselves for so long and has they're, you know, this is like your own product. This is something that you came up with and really remarkable. And, uh, but before you got to all this and this great place that you're at, you obviously had to travel down a similar journey that we all have to travel down. And you're shaking your head and breathing a sigh. I should have counted how many different careers I've had, but I didn't. I mean, it's got to be eight or nine, seven, eight, nine. Wow. And here, here I thought there were only like two or three. Boy, we have a lot to dig into then. Just sitting I'm, here, I'm starting to think of other ones that I've had that I, we didn't even talk about in the pre-interview, things I haven't talked about in years. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, there's another one. Yeah, so... Well, it makes me feel better because I did a podcast recording yesterday and that same guest, Karen Markle, was like, yeah, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. And I've always felt kind of bad because I'm 
you hear a lot that, oh, I did this one thing for years, or maybe I had one or two transitions. No, I've had several transitions yeah. and several well, ideas. It's, it's, I think life would be really dull if we didn't have variety. And I feel suffocated after a couple of years of doing something. Um, the photography that I did before I started the salt business was my longest career, and that was 15 years. But every day was different. But before that, it was, you know, three or four years. It's time to do something new. It's, it's always a step up, um, but it was always a step to do something more creative because I couldn't just sit still and do the same thing day in and day out. It, it was mind-numbing. And so, one, thing, one thing I've learned is that creativity is something that I feel whether you're in corporate America or it's mainly corporate America, but mm -hmm. not to talk down on corporate America, but that's kind of where I come from. And just in general, I think one thing that is lacking for a lot of people is the feeling that they're being creative and really stretching those muscles. So it's really interesting that you had your own business and you were feeling that way. Well, and I didn't know I felt that way until I was in my 40s. I mean, I never thought I would be self-employed because I, I had this delusion that stability was something I needed and that I would get from a day job. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that there was no such thing as true stability in a day job. The only thing I could control was myself and my own input. But, you know, getting a paycheck at the end of every week or every other week that never seemed to change just was overwhelming but when I started my photography business if I wanted more money at the end of the week I went and found another client it would not have mattered at my day jobs how hard I worked I would still get the same paycheck so I didn't have any control over my finances my financial destiny and starting my own business I was able to do that and that's the last two the photography and the sea salt business has been sort of one of the driving motivators is you know I can control my outcome and I, you know, there's, there's obstacles that get in the way with everything, but ultimately my hard work and determination is what gives me more money at the end of the week. And it's not all about money, but it's the, just the suffocation of, you know, falling into a rut and like that I couldn't control that either. Cause I was stuck. I felt stuck in those jobs. Well, in the photography, if I feel stuck, I go get another client. I'm unstuck, you know? Yeah, and I, I think that's something that many of us suffer from is just we want the stability, but we also don't like the feeling of feeling stuck. Yeah. And I feel like that's a rut that many of us get into, and that's the point where we either just decide to put up with it and mm -hmm. kind of slog through life that way, or we say, you know what? I have something more to offer and where I have something different to offer and I'm going to sit up, stand up and I'm going to actually take ownership and do something about it. So yeah. well, and everybody's different. You know, my husband has had the same, he's worked for the same company for over 30 years. It's a family business. He needs routine. He needs to wake up and know in the morning he's got to be there at five 30 he comes home at, you know, 2.33 in the afternoon. Like he needs that, that 
same day in and out, just like he's in a different location most days, but his, the basic core of his work is the same every day. And I do that for two, three weeks in a row and I'm ready to, you know, walk off the job. So I needed something different than what he would need. So some people need that structure. You know, my, my brother works for corporate America. He's an upper management at a high tech company and he would never start his own company. He just, it's not his way, but he's an entrepreneur within the structure of his corporate job. So he is valued for his creativity. He's, you know, chosen that path. So you just have to figure out where in the mix of it all, your characteristics and your personality types fall into what you're doing. And it can be found within a corporate job. It can be found doing your own thing, but all of them have pros and cons and you just need to figure out, you know, which, which pros and cons lend to something a little more where you're doing all the work yourself or where you're we're doing your part within a larger organization. You know, and you can still contribute in both cases, but you just have to decide. Those are, those are great points because not everybody wants to go out on their own and branch mm -hmm. out. Right. And that's really important to recognize because yeah. that's something that while that fire burns inside of me and that's something that I'm pursuing and I want, that doesn't mean that everybody else wants that. Like, not everybody wants to create a podcast and put their, themselves out there like that. And as much as I love doing it, yeah. I can't blame anybody for not doing it. <laughs> well, and it doesn't, like, it doesn't even have to come from your job. If you love the routine and rut, or I call it a rut, some people call it a routine, the familiar of your job, go volunteer somewhere where you get a totally different perspective of what you feel you need to be whole. It doesn't have to be that thing that makes you your money and, you know, gives you a roof over your head. It can be something you do for pleasure. Just knowing yourself well enough to know where things kind of fall, you know, how much of it do you need? How much thrill and uncertainty do you need or can you tolerate? You know, I, thankfully my husband has a day job. So I was able to quit my day job as a photographer to go try this other thing because we had trimmed our life down so basic that even if I didn't sell a single thing for 30 days, we wouldn't get evicted. You know, we moved into a one bedroom apartment or condo from a three bedroom house because I needed to be able to start something new. And so we downsized as much as we could. We kept his stability in his job. And I thankfully have that freedom to go explore and it's taken off and it's, you know, given us, you know, an opportunity to feel very comfortable because it's just, I'm the only person in the company. I've got a couple people that I hire to help with production um, and sales on occasion, but we don't have a staff. We don't have a building. We don't have anything that's, that requires the business to meet a minimum number. So if I don't sell anything today, it's okay because we're not going to get, you know, the business isn't going to get shut down. We're not going to lose our house because we've streamlined it so tight that we can be creative and, and start something out without all that fear. So we didn't have a big runway, you know, lined up so that we had all this money stashed away. We just did a little bit and eat that little bit turned into a, you know, a little more. And, and now it's, it's very, I'm very proud of how this has panned out with zero planning going into it. 
it's just my intuition and my gut and you know what what's the next step and it's kind of working out which is exciting you know and you made two really good points that i really like they're not exactly the same but the sacrifices that you and your husband made in mm-hmm. order and the adjustments in order to make all this work out is a reality. It's not always easy to just say, well, I'm going to start my own business and boom, I'm just making money and boom, I just quit and everything. It doesn't always work out that nice and neat. Like you really, there's a, a real, I don't know if I want to say harsh reality to it, but it, it is definitely a very real reality that uh, it was by choice because now you know we have the luxury of trying something new you know we can afford to live on what he makes because we live in a one-bedroom condo you right. know so it's we you know we don't drive brand new cars we don't drive you know we don't have fancy cars we don't have fancy vacations we don't have fancy you know posh accommodations but we're comfortable and we made those choices so that we could try something new and not feel the pressure which is i'm so glad we did especially right now with covid and the shutdowns you know if we had to pay employees or had to lay people off it would have just been overwhelming and we have the luxury of it's just me so and ultimately you and him are at the end of the day you're leading lives that you really enjoy and you're really happy with and that's the most important thing and i think that's something that we're all really striving for is to find that happy place and a lot of us carry on with what we're doing for a variety of reasons and we may not have that kind of control and it just sounds like you've done everything in your power to make that happen both of you have yeah and that's an amazing story and i also want to touch on the gut feeling and the intuition that you went with with everything especially i suppose starting this new business up and uh just talk about that a little bit the transition from what you were doing to what you're doing now well um if you haven't read my website bio which i know you have um my husband and i finally took our honeymoon on our fourth anniversary um he wanted to go back to norway um, and so i could meet some of his extended family and you know just every year we kept putting it off because it's very expensive to travel to norway you know just it was more than what we thought we could justify. And after the fourth, you know, coming up on our fourth anniversary, it was like, this is ridiculous. Um, we got married later in life. I'm his, he's my first, I'm his second. Um, but we just said, you know what, we'll book our plane tickets and then we'll figure out the rest. And we booked our plane tickets in January and we were able to save up enough money by June to take this trip. We stayed with family. So it was pretty manageable, all things considered. And we, literally brought a bag of salt home from Norway as a souvenir. Uh, My husband's cousin, uh, we were in this bakery and he gave us this bag of salt and said, oh, it's made on the next island over. You should try it, it's really good. I'm like, oh, okay. And we had tried it on dinner one night when they were cooking salmon and 
probably all of the nights that we had food with family outside of restaurants, they probably cooked with it. And we just, you know, brought home, started cooking in our own kitchen and thought it was amazing. So about three months go by, we've, we've gone through this big pouch of the salt and we get on the website to order more because I can't find it anywhere online in the States. And, you know, it wasn't on Amazon, Googling it, nothing came up in the, in the States. So turns out it's a husband and wife that own the company and they had maybe two or three employees and it was just a really small family operation in Norway. And so I go to their website, go to order the header on the top of the website says we do not ship to the United States because it is very expensive to ship um, overseas. So I emailed her because I wanted it and I wasn't going to go find a second favorite salt to have in my kitchen. And I said, you know, I see on your website, you don't ship to the States. How many cases would change your mind? Because I figured I could dump it somewhere. I could give it as gifts. I just needed, you know, to have this salt in my kitchen. So she wrote back. And so for the first year, we just imported cases of salt from her to have in our own kitchen. I started doing um, like street festivals and things. And I would just put it out to sell to kind of move through the inventory. And it was selling. It was a third of my sales at any of these, you know, I was selling my photography. I was doing some, some art that I created, but the salt was the thing that seemed to be selling, you know, consistently over. I didn't have to convince anything that this was the right color palette or that they really liked this picture. The salt was the thing. And it's like, okay, we need to figure out how to do something with this salt because it's people love it as much as we do. So we contacted, um, them and she sent me a couple more cases and I made a couple uh, I made a test batch of this garlic salt to start with I think I made 20 units total and we sold those 20 units to the people that I was that we know socially where we hang out and watch football I said hey you guys just taste this what do you think this is something I'm kind of dabbling in and everybody was like well how much I want a shaker it's like well it's not for sale I you know I just am kind of doing some market research no I want to I want a shaker how do I get a shaker I'm like well let me uh, I'll, next Sunday I'll figure it out and put it in a container and sell it to you. So I sold that first batch of salt, ended up being $400 worth of product when we were all said and done, bought $400 more worth of the salt. And just each investment was another, you know, everything I'd sold from that batch, I doubled, I was tripling my orders. And now um, our last order was over a ton. We have another ton coming um, this summer. And it's, it's just bananas that it goes from one bag of salt to a ton of salt. And now we've got over 22 flavors um, in our collection using this flake sea salt as the main ingredient. And it's just like, I don't, it's all, it, it's not all intuition, but it's mostly intuition. I didn't do a business plan. I was my father saying, you got to do a business plan. You got to do this. You got to do, I, I'm not that person. I'm not going to sit there and analyze it to death. I'm going to try it. And, you know, if it works, it works. And, you know, it, it worked. So you basically just seized the moment and the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, the worst thing that could fail is I would have, you know, a couple of cases of salt on my hands and I would never need to shop for salt again for the rest of my life. That was the only risk and I was willing to take it. And, well, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, just from the samples that I've had, I can totally understand why everybody flipped and wanted more. Yeah. And, uh, sometimes you just, when you know, 
you have something you just know. Mm-hmm. Well, the very beginning we ran into, um, cause I wanted to start selling at farmer's markets. So every county has its own rules and regulations and every village or city has a rule and regulation over um, the markets, depending on who so, sort of oversees those markets. So the very first person we ran into um, in my county, I sent her some, you know, kind of the process of what we do. She had a lot of questions from the health department and she, she's like, well, I truly, I don't understand your product. So I'm just going to make you follow every single FDA guideline that there is which is pretty significant. You know, food safety is a very serious issue. And I, I just, I, the research that I had done up to that point, salt was the things, thing that you put in things to make it safer. Like it, it inhibits bacteria growth. It just, like, I just, I felt like we had to be a low risk product, but she just kept saying, you know what, you need to get a process report. Turns out a process report is a thousand dollars per flavor. At that time we had about eight flavors that I had, had you know gotten ready to start selling and I didn't have that much money that was going to put me under um so I called a food scientist and I was talking with him and it's just some random guy that's in my area code who turns out he was retiring so he had it's like I can't help you with your project but I can give you some insight so he made some recommendations about uh, what testing we should have done um, we had two flavors that had a wet process to a dry process and those um we had tested and the test results came back so significantly below the minimums of what the county required and the FDA requires that, that all of the rules and regulations this woman wanted me to follow were not necessary because our stuff was so low risk. So, and I had to prove to her through the documentation, we had to find places where it says, if your results are X and Y, these rules don't apply to you for the entire rest of this document because you're so low risk. So I had to, prove to her it took a year of me to get all the testing done to prove you know do so I in the very beginning when I was getting the testing done I knew that this could shut me down and I wasn't going to let her be the reason because she didn't understand my product I didn't understand it either to tell you the truth because I was so new to it but I knew way more than she did so I contacted the next county over and I said hey you know this is our product this is what we want to do we want to come to your area and do farmers markets, you know, what paperwork do you need? What test results do you need to see? And they're like, it's salt. We don't need anything. Like, oh, okay. So then I called the next county and, and said, hey, this is what we want to do. And they basically were like, it's salt. So I just started booking shows outside of my county in these other counties where they understood the safety and the, you know, the quality of, of the safety of, of our product. So it took a year to be able to get to do a show in my own county. But these other counties were like, no, come on in. So we grew our business basically until I could afford to pay for extra testing to be able to prove to my own county that we were legit. And she's approved me and she's like, yeah, you're fine. But I had to, I had to educate her, even though it was her job to know this information. I had to show her where in the rules and regulations um, our product fell. And that's an excellent point that you're making here is that you just can't you know come up with a good idea put a website together and say well i invented this product there's a lot of work that goes into it and a lot of hoops that you gotta jump through in order to get your product out there and and how you get your product out there you know 
so grateful we have a dry product because the, we have like a four to seven year shelf life on our flavors, you know? So if we would have been sitting here on inventory in COVID with something that has a two month shelf life or needs to be frozen or needs to be, you know, there's just so many things that we just sort of fell into happily. Um, that So if you're worried about risk, pick, pick something that's low risk in, you know, the food product, if it's a, a technology that's going to change in 10 minutes, you know, go in a little with your eyes open and make sure you're picking something that can kind of stand up, you know, to uncertainty. So did you have to go through any hoops as far as just patenting the product or? So you can't, you can't patent a recipe or trademark a recipe. Um, so we, if we had some unique process in creating our product, we could do that. Um, one of the things, if you've read, ever read spice bottles, um, a lot of them will say spices towards one of the last ingredients. And anything that, that presents less than 2% in your recipe does not have to be declared as an ingredient um, because it lets out the secret proprietary blend of the blah, 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 blah. Well, I have food sensitivities and most of the stuff that falls in that category with it's called nightshades um, is in that category. So if anything's got this beautiful red color, it's probably going to make my face turn red and itch. So to avoid, you know, that was important to me when we started ours is that I listed 100% of the ingredients on our labels. And I had somebody ask, well, aren't you afraid somebody's going to try to steal your idea? It's like, they go, go, go ahead. You can't. You know, it's, there's, you could have all the same ingredients and you're not going to get the same flavor as what we have. You know, the salt is the one thing that makes our stuff really unique. And then it's just the combination of taste. You know, you've, you tried the coffee salt. We just started mixing things together that kind of felt like they might be good flavors together. And they are. Yeah. You know, you didn't hire an outside scientist to create something outside, you know, I mean, people make stuff so complicated and we just mixed it together until it tasted good. And then we did it again and again <laughs> again. Yeah, and you should keep doing you know? it again and again because it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So when you go all the way back, and we can certainly jump back into your business in a little bit, but when you go all the way back to like maybe end of high school, I don't even know if you went to college or not. I don't even know if we talked about that. Um, I did. I, I hated high school. Um, was not a big fan of being told what to do, even in high school. I wasn't a rebel, but I just was like, okay, I'll do your homework, but I'm not going to go to college. My best friend was the valedictorian in our school. And I just, I knew that whatever path she was on was so far from my path that there was no reason to even try to do you know do well and get in college I just I knew in the very beginning of high school that that was not the path I was going to take and thankfully my parents didn't pressure they knew I would be fine you know they knew I had enough other soft skills that um, having a college degree would save me you know wouldn't save me to to be do what I do I did dabble in school um, I went to uh, Cal State Northridge in Los Angeles for three years you know, night school on and off. I did community college. I, I like learning. I just didn't 
care about having this degree that said I was a certain thing that would pigeonhole me into that thing because I couldn't, I hated being one thing. So I finally went back to school when I was 33 and that's where I got my college degree. I got an AA degree in the photography. So that's truly my only degree. The rest are all um, college credit courses. I'm technically a undergraduate junior with an AA degree. So did you ever have any like idea like, well, I'd like to do this or that, or is it just a series of transitions just trying to, to find the thing? I mean, it, how... was, it was the thing until it wasn't the thing. And then I went to do something else. And, yeah. and, and I always, I feel like every step I made was a, a step forward. You know, I was waitressing in high school. Um, waitress while I was in, in college in the very beginning. And then I got a job at uh, the Hollywood Reporter magazine in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. And I, a lady I used to know when I lived in Wisconsin, now we were all out in LA, she said, we have an entry level position. Do you want to come in and interview? So I interviewed and I did that for a while. Um, bounced from there to a law firm for a very short period of time. Um, hated that so much so that I left Los Angeles to get away from that horrible life-sucking energy sorry um, no, it's okay. I only did it for about four months but it was it was the most painful four months and I learned a lot about what I will never do again just being in that you know accounting for every minute of every you know it's what what, what did you work on it's like well why do I have to charge that client a hundred dollars an hour for my time when all I did was put a piece of paper in a file folder and stick it in a you know in a cupboard so moved up to Northern California and um, did event planning you know, got into an advertising agency and, and, um, God, so many things worked for a publishing company after that, um, moved into corporate event planning. Um, after that moved back to the Midwest, um, worked for the restaurant association and started doing trade shows. So that kind of leads exactly into what I'm doing now is the, the trade show component. I had done trade shows in San Francisco with the event planning and then moved out of, while I was in town doing the, working for the restaurant association, I um, was getting my commercial photography degree. And then I started the photography business and then the salt business. So, you know, everything kind of layered. And now I use every single one of those skills in my business. I do my own graphic design. I've done, I do my own web design. I do all my own trade shows or, you know, booths. So, I do all the, my own photography. So it's like every skill that I needed to have to do this particular job, I did in all of my past careers. And, and I'm doing, you know, just doing it now as part of my day job with the salt business. So it's like I've been planning for it, but, I, it, but everything seems super random at the time. But looking at the linear now, it seems like it was exactly how it needed to be for me to get to this point. So it layered, everything's just layers, layers of, you know, interests and hobbies and just kind of following what felt like the right thing to do next. And I feel like you made a really great point to summarize everything because you're doing this career now, you're running this business, but everything <laughs> that you experienced along the way has ultimately helped you to mm -hmm. run this business, all those skills that you learn have been incorporated. And 
I almost feel for myself that I'm going through the same thing yeah. with creating a podcast and writing a blog that I have. I feel like a lot of the skills that I've learned, even though like I'll even use my current job as a like my current nine to five job. Um, I was a manager for four years before I left, was giving a buyout package. So I kind of like started over with that part of my career. And even though I'm not a manager at this job, I feel like all those skills that I learned as a manager really helped me prepare for this job because it's yeah. kind of a big job and you're not only corresponding with clients and corresponding with your coworkers all day, but you're also being organized in your work. And it's a lot of those skills that I learned as a manager that I'm actually applying to this job and certainly try to apply a lot of the skills that I've learned just in school, like lighting, for example, I haven't done anything with lighting since I was in college and now I have a ring light and I'm using those skills. I don't know how well I'm doing because it always looks too dark to me, but I was assured yesterday it looks fine, but I'm still very, that's a whole nother topic. But uh, yeah. the, the point being is that I can relate to the fact that you're applying all that knowledge. And even though you've jumped around a lot in your career, it has all somehow led you to where you were. It was almost like you were meant to do all those things in order to do what you're doing now. I don't know if you see it that way, but. Yeah, yeah, I definitely see where all of those skills come in handy now. And you know, when I was doing it, my fam, my dad, you know, has had, major corporate type jobs he's always wanted me to do better like he just he was always on my ass about you need to finish college and you need to get a career and just stay in one place and just just like toe the party line and do do what's expected of you and that was the that would have killed me and I talked to my mom they've, they've been divorced since I was a teenager and I said you know what do you think and she's like whatever makes you happy if you can pay your bills and you don't end up in jail and you're not stealing from people and you're, you know, not a burden on society, go do your thing. So I, you know, took that path. I, I put, you know, enough pressure on myself to, to be responsible and be a citizen, you know, a good citizen, but it wasn't, you know, for me, I didn't need to have the fancy BMW and the big, you know, corner office and, and all that kind of stuff. It just, that just wasn't going to make me happy and pretending it was, was only going to make me more and more miserable. So I think, you know, I, if I can give any advice to people, it's figure out what makes you happy, not your parents, not your spouse, not your siblings, your friends, your whatever, and see if you can turn that into something that will sustain you. You know, don't do it just to spite people. I know you have to live with your spouse and you have to live, you know, with your family when you're younger and, and be influenced by them but there's only there's something that you can do because of your unique you that that can't be done by anybody else so go figure out you know what makes you happy and see if you can turn that into a path 
a jagged path, a you know, rocky path, whatever it is, but you get to be on that path and you get to choose that. You know, I, oh my God, I've had so many managers that in the trade show stuff that just were awful. And I would never, I never have to do that again. I never have to have a bad boss again. And you know, you're making a really good point that I can really relate to because I was told by one of my parents, like, you need to go and get a business degree and you need to do this and you need to do that. Meanwhile, I barely pass math. Like, I'm awful at math and juggling numbers. Like, I'm good with, if it has to do with sports and statistics and, you know, who's winning the game, like, I'm, I'm great. But when it comes to bigger things, bigger topics with numbers and that kind of stuff, that's just not me. I've always been interested in technology and creative stuff and the arts and stuff like that. That's a little more the direction I wanted to go in. And it actually kind of messed me up for a while. Just, I went, kind of got told, okay, you're going to this college and you know, you're going to pursue that. And yeah. it's not really where I wanted to be. And eventually wound up dropping out for a while because I just, I didn't know what I was doing. It was like, mm -hmm. I was very conflicted. I knew what I wanted to do, but it was getting told I had to do something else or should do something else. And it messed me up in my head for a while and had to work in the real world for a while and just be like, look, I, I'm going to do what makes me happy and that's it. And just went for it from there. And I, I really, I try not to live with a whole lot of regrets. I don't care. I know some people say, well, I have no regrets. No, we all have some regrets. If you don't, the biggest regret is that you're lying to yourself and you're not being honest. You should regret that. Even Madonna, <laughs> who once said, I have absolutely no regrets. I'm sure she has a regret somewhere, but I'll yeah. digress from that topic. But uh, <laughs> I love Madonna. I I, she, I do too. She she's not she's doing the best Madonna she can, and there's nobody that can do it like her. And you know, that's the same for all of us. There's be the best you you can, this and second, make it work. This is know? the second straight episode I've referenced Madonna, so somehow well, she's an icon. So you know, yeah. Well, I'm a pretty big fan, but anyway, um, I basically had years where I think I would have rather been doing other things and exploring and, you know, really finding myself. I didn't do that until I was a little older, but I think just it was a really good point that you made where, you know, we need to try things out and not, you know, let society tell us what we should do or that we got to follow some kind of standard. Because I think that that trend, I think, especially with technology and now with the pandemic, I feel like that's changing and it's dying out. People want to yeah. just be their authentic selves and do what they want to do with their life and follow their dream. They don't want to be boxed in 
by just what the expectation is. Now, to our point earlier, a lot of people like the routine and like to be, you know, fit into that box, and that's great. But I think it's nice that people are exploring more than, hey, I don't have to necessarily just do that if I feel it's in my gut that I want to do that. And that, you know, it's not for everybody, but if you, if there's something that you just don't feel like it's sitting right with your soul, even if you change your, your life 10% to just sort of shift out of this place where you feel stuck all the time, you know, people always, you know, would say, oh, my boss will never let me work from home or telecommute or work part-time from home. That's exactly what everybody's doing right now. And the companies have all figured it out. So if that's something you want to continue in your job, to have a little more time freedom where you get your commute hours back. I know you've had a long commute. You know, somebody's got that three hour commute a, a day and you worked from home four days a week and went into the office one day a week. You just bought your life back, you know, let's do math to, you know, three times four, 12 hours a week, you know, that you get to have your life back with where you would not have had that had this opportunity not presented itself. So there's gotta be silver linings in everything that's good and everything that's bad that you can kind of try to figure out if you can work within that and, you know, ask your boss, put a proposal together, shoot your boss a note and say, Hey, can I, can I go down to 30 hours a week? And can I work from home, you know, three out of four days or, you know, whatever it is, figure it out. Because I had a temp job uh, when the photography, I was doing a lot of wedding photography. So the winter months were really, really bad. And I picked up this temp job and they asked if I could stay on through the spring um, to, keep working on this project and the hours that I had agreed to for the winter were fine, but in the spring they weren't going to work for me. So I was talking to some of the, you know, the gal up front and, and she's like, well, they're not going to let you change your hours or work, you know, whatever you want. And it's like, well, then I'll just quit because I don't need this job in the spring. If they need me right now more than I need them. So I put together a proposal, walked in and said, can I work these hours and still, you know, honor the commitment to you? but it's different than what, you know, we had originally agreed on. And they were like, sure, you're performing in the time that you are here. So let's, let's switch over to that. And we did. And it was just so not the culture of that company to allow somebody to come in and, and make those types of suggestions. Like you came in, you did sat at your desk, you left at five and it was, that was just the way things were. And that wasn't going to fit for me. So I made a proposal and they said, yes. And it, yeah, it's and it wasn't their culture, but the two choices were say yes or call the temp agency and get somebody else back in there because I I needed it to fit into my life instead of me trying to fit into its life and and it worked. And if they say no, then you make a decision. Do you stay or do you go? Yeah, and I feel like those are the excuse me. I felt that cough coming on. Uh <laughs> I feel like those are the decisions that we all have to make sometimes. I mean, it can come down to that. I know for me, sometimes I think about, well, do I need to cut a day out of my schedule in order to make my dream that the things I want to accomplish actually happen? And it's like, well, there's a lot of things I have to look at. So, yeah, I mean, we we all have those decisions that we have to make. And 
you know. Well, and, it, and like, you know, again, it's not for everybody. You yeah. Know? If, if, but if it is for you, try to figure it out. Every, like, I feel like my entire adult life has been intentional. You know, I, choices I've made, things have not happened to me that have like kind of derailed me. I have made a huge percentage of the choices, you know, that have propelled me in different directions and even stuff that kind of happens that I wasn't expecting, you know, I've been laid off. Um, but how do I take that instead of feeling like a victim going, Oh my God, I'm free. Like I'm terrific. What's next, you know, and go find what's next instead of, you know, especially with, with all this going on, there's a lot of people that have been let go and laid off. Well, if you have the creativity, go figure out how to start something that only you can do. You know, there's so many, like I'm on all the side hustle podcasts and the Facebook pages. And so often people will jump into the group and they'll say, I have a hundred dollars. I want to do a side hustle. What should I do? And you get the same, like, you know, buy my webinar, download this and I'll teach you how to do marketing and you can drop ship and like all this stuff. It's like, okay, but everybody's doing it. What can only, what's something that only you can do you know, that nobody else can do, you know? And People will find you, your tribe will find you, you know, with, you got to put effort into it. It's not something that's just going to happen, but people got some free time right now. And if they want to figure out how to be intentional with their life and the life decisions that they make down the road, that you have to do it every day. And one step in front of the other is a thing. I don't know. Just rambling. No, that's, so one of the things about this podcast that I really like is that it's a topic that I'm passionate about careers and just talk about I mean really I try to focus on career transition mm -hmm. but really like career and just the path that you follow there's so many layers and things that you can do with it but at the core I really feel like it's a unique idea I don't know if I've ever heard anybody doing a podcast quite like this so for me that was one of the reasons that I got excited about doing something like this and yeah. it has led me to having really great conversations with really interesting people like you and like every yes no you have been amazing <laughs> and, well it's, I've been I've been a student so even though I didn't I hated college or I guess college was fine. I hated high school. I listened to two to four hours of podcasts a day. And I've been, when I had that temp job, I was, I was allowed to, I was doing data entry for six hours a day. I would put in a podcast. So I have been educated by some of the top people on the planet just by listening to podcast interviews and audiobooks and just different things. So I am definitely a student of life. I just hated the structure of, you know, come in, teach you something, do your homework, turn it around and do it again the next day. So just learn like it, whatever you don't know, there, there is all the information you need to know on the planet is out there. So if you can't afford to go to college, listen to every podcast interview with every person on that topic that you can find, go to the library. Like there's so much information out there that there's no reason why you can't go be a self-starter you don't need a college degree anymore to, to get a job or keep a job. Well, you know, maybe a doctor, a doctor needs to, you know, 
he needs to be educated or she needs to be educated to be able to, you know, do surgeries and stuff. But there's so much information out there. And the only person that can learn it is you, if you apply yourself. Well, before uh, we go from our time together, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about uh, speaking of educating, well, what everybody's appetite a little bit for some of the things that are on your website. And I told you I'd come back around to today at some point. And uh, I keep looking at it. I know I look at it a little bit. Just uh, two topics mainly. So you have a lot of different varieties of salts and how to use the salts. And I just want to see if you can elaborate on that a little bit more. Obviously, leave enough that people will go to your website. But, um, yeah, just talk a little bit about, uh, like, this is a real nice layout, just saying, hey, Zesty Pickle is great for a Bloody Mary. Yeah. So I do a lot of shows, because I'm in the Chicago suburbs, and uh, I do a lot of shows up in Wisconsin, and I used to tell people, Oh, the zesty pickle. It's we fresh grind over a dozen pickling spices and, and mix it with the sea salt. It's really got all the pork chops and chicken and, and tomatoes and bloody marys. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Just start with bloody marys. Like, does Wisconsin loves their bloody marys? So now it's just bloody marys, pork chops, chicken, salmon, cucumbers, tomatoes, egg salad. That's the crazy thing about flavor is there's, you know, people keep asking for specific recipes and it's salt. It's a seasoning. So. What, what's an appropriate amount for you is a totally different amount for me. And so we don't have so many specific recipes where it calls for, you know, this is how you use it. But it's, you know, we sprinkle it on chicken wings and we sprinkle it on like tonight we're um, grilling some shrimp and we put our hotter hot salt on some shrimp skewers. Um, that'll be our next post on Instagram and Facebook. But it's just, it's adding flavor. So we've mixed um, a bunch of different ingredients in with the sea salt. So as long as you're not salt sensitive, we have two low sodium options available for the people that are salt sensitive. But it, it just, salt adds so much more flavor to your food. And the quality of the salt that we get from the couple in Norway uh, is, it's exquisite. And we want to be good stewards of the care that they take making the flake sea salt so we use real ingredients. We don't use anything with gluten. So anybody with food sensitivities, we're pretty um, open um, because we're just, we really care about what's in our products. So it's just, it's you sprinkle it for taste. You know, the coffee salt is steaks, burgers, chicken. Um, my husband puts it on like waffles. He loves that salty, sweet flavor. So when we make waffles, he'll sprinkle it over the top of his waffle. He carries it into restaurants and he puts it on French fries and his McDonald's biscuit. Like it takes a $3 biscuit to like a $7 bis breakfast biscuit just by sprinkling a little bit of that coffee salt on top of, you know, a, something you get in a paper sack. It just changes the flavor so much. And so that's, I mean, that's how you use it. We salt to taste is sort of the kind of the catchphrase we use that, but I, you know, I mean, I, I've got recipes. We start putting online how we use it when, when I do cooking with it. And, but it's just, it's a, it's a flavor. It's something that makes your meal takes it from a two to a 10 just by sprinkling the double onion and roasted garlic on a fried egg. 
you know, it's so basic and so simple, but it's just adds so much flavor. So, so you guys have pretty much experimented with all these things that you're listing for all these varieties of salt. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's and like I make eggs. I'm, I'm, I probably should never post another egg and spinach breakfast because that's three out of five days out of the week that I'm making breakfast. That's my favorite thing to make. Um, but I just use a different salt, you know, and it just it changes so much of the flavor just by what the seasoning you're adding to it. We call it we call them salts. You know, some of them are salt blends. The coffee salt is definitely a blend. Um, the double onion and roasted garlic has the chunks of the flake salt. So it's, you know, there's onion, garlic, chive, and um, the garlic salt and green onion, sorry. So that one's, you know, you can kind of see the chunks of it a little bit more, but it just changes the flavor. You know, people get into their ruts and all they do is salt and pepper, just table salt and black pepper, if that. And they, these, you just, a little sprinkle and it just totally changes the flavor of what you're eating without any knowledge of cooking without any effort you know i don't know i'm just i'm very proud of it and the people that that continually come to the markets um i was there the other at a market and this woman bought the coffee salt the week before and she just was running by to go get produce from another vendor and she said oh my god it's so good on sweet potatoes it made my sweet potatoes savory and then she just kept going like i'll probably see her in you know three or four weeks when she starts getting low Cause she'll be, I'm sure she's using it if she got so much joy out of the first time, but it's just, there's no wrong way to use our stuff. It's just adds flavor to everything you cook. Well, I'll tell you what, I can't wait to try the coffee salt on popcorn. Like the minute <sighs> I tasted it, I was like, yeah. I can totally see this on popcorn. Use unsalted butter so that you can add more coffee salt. I will. Otherwise, it's too salty. Yeah, you get too much salt if you're putting salt on top of salted butter. So I, I use unsalted butter. And then you can use more flavor. Well, speaking of all your flavors and the variety, let's talk a little bit about how somebody can get a hold of your product and get so a hold our of website, you. Yep, everything's on the website. Um, we do local farmers markets if you're in the Chicago suburbs. Um, those are listed on our website as well. But the main way, uh, we've done shows in four different states, five different states, I think, by now. So we just direct people to the website, and that's doyoulovesalt.com. Doyoulovesalt.com. Um, that's also what's printed on our tent at shows, and people just walk up and go, yes, I love salt. Why am I here? Like, <laughs> tell me more. So you know, do you love salt.com was available. So we bought the website or bought the domain and um, we wanted to offer free shipping on orders over $30 for your listeners. Uh, the code, let me make sure I'm getting it right. It's MMW for mark my words. Um, so just type in MMW at checkout and you will get um, free shipping on orders over $30. You mean I have my own coupon code? You have your own coupon code. Is this wow. your first coupon code? I think so. I have truly made it. You have made it. I have made it. <laughs> I was going to do Mark, but I didn't know if I want to make sure people were spelling it correctly. So I figured MMW for Mark My Words. See, and that's why you're on this show. How yeah. amazing are you? Thinking about spelling of my name? I didn't want it to be wrong. And people would be like, how come I'm not getting the discount? Well, you didn't spell it right. So MMW. MMW. <laughs> MMW. All right, coupon code MMW. 
Yeah. We can also find you on Instagram and. Yep, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Wanderlust Sea Salt. Uh, that's the official name of our company. The brand is Salty Provisions. So at Wanderlust, W A N D E R L U S T S E A S A L T. All right. Well, yeah. Amy Beyer, I thank you very much for taking the time out. I know you have a busy schedule. I'm, I realize I'm getting into uh, husband and wife time. And uh, even for me, this is also uh, getting into my time with my wife. And uh, so I guess uh, it's about time for us to go back to that. But I thank you. We got our priorities, Mark. We got to take care of the people that love us and that we love and, you know, figure it out along the way. Well, she's taking care of me by letting me do all this. And it's, believe me, this is, this podcast, even if only 10 people listen to it, it's great for my soul and my yeah. spirits. So much stuff going on right now. And to have this kind of conversation and put that out there, it, it works wonders for my mood. So. Well, I listen, I listen to quite a few. I just want to give you a compliment. I listened to a lot of the, um, your episodes in the beginning. I listened to the episode with my friend Georgia. And I was very impressed, just even from your first episode, how natural you could just talk to the microphone. I would not be able to do that. That's not one of my strengths. I was very envious of your ability to just tell your story without having somebody to kind of bounce off of like we're doing here. So I was impressed. Yeah, you've got really insightful questions. Um, I noticed when you bring something back from a previous part of the conversation, I listen to a lot of podcasts and it's, you can tell most people are just sort of following what's written on their list and you tie things together and in a way that I've not heard or noticed in a lot of other podcasts. So you're, you may only be 15 or 20 in, but I think you're doing great. You're on the right path and you know, why not? Why not you? I really appreciate that. That really means a lot. I, as somebody who didn't really think that they'd ever be doing anything like this, that yep. really means the world to me. And yeah. uh, well, I, I don't like, so right here, I have a list that is like really bright and I'm not aiming at the camera, but yeah, I don't even really follow this list. Like really, yeah. I keep it all in my head. We touched on all this stuff anyway, but I don't even yeah. follow it. I follow what everybody's talking about. and uh, Well, it's important to be prepared, but it's also important to go with the flow, you know, and kind of just follow the conversation, follow like your intuition, whatever yeah. thing feels right. That's the direction it's supposed to be going instead of forcing, you know, this trajectory of, well, we have to hit these target points of these questions. Let's have a dialogue. Let's have a conversation and see what comes of it. You know? And that's basically my approach, giving out all my secrets here, and we're still recording. <laughs> well, good. It's important but, because everybody else is going to do something differently and unique. But we, you know, there's there should be no secrets. We all well, we all got the what is it? The boat rises when what's the? There's some saying about everybody, like if you rise, I rise, and if I rise, you rise. There's no we're, we're not in competition. Even if we were doing the same thing, we're not in competition with each other. 
Well, fair yeah. enough. I, I can really appreciate that. Competition makes my head hurt anyway, so. I don't have the energy to, to I, there's other spice people that I see at shows or seasonings companies. If people are cooking at, from scratch and using our seasonings to make stuff better, I don't care if it's mine or if it's somebody else's. I'm going to find my tribe and they're going to find people that resonate with them. And we may not have the same customer base. You know, if they're selling something for $4, we've got a little bit more premium price point, but we've got a premium ingredient that is very expensive to get into America. So, you know, it's, it, but it's good. You know, my, my dad, when I first started with the garlic, he's like, why would I pay $11 for a shaker of garlic when I can get Lowry's for $3.99? And I said, well, I'm going to mail you some, and then you taste it and tell me if, if you think it's worth 11 bucks. So I did. And he, I said, do you have any questions? And he said, you know what? I think you're undercharging. And it's like, you know, for somebody who was like, why would you charge that much for garlic salt until he tasted it? And it's like, hmm, maybe I will raise my prices, father. You have to pay the full price now. Well, I, I can really relate to your perspective because yeah. I'm very competitive in like, you know, video gaming and, you know, sports and whatever, but when it comes to actually, like, professionally, I feel like it's always better to bring people together. Even if they aren't doing the same thing, you know, be there for each other and bring everybody together. That's well, yeah, they're, my they're in the same now. space, but they, they, they're in the same space, but they can't possibly be doing the same thing. Because you, only you can do your thing and only I can do my thing. And only they can do their thing. You know, we are all unique snowflakes <laughs> well speaking of you know, unique snowflakes doing our own thing i am going to end it on that happy note I understand. amy thank you so much you again, and, mark. Uh, thank you. you're welcome and that's mark my words for this week and i'll be back soon with a new episode thanks for listening everybody see you soon bye